0: Number two, this one's a big one. I'm going to spend a minute on this. The reason we need to pray this to forgive them is because it's uncomfortable. I said it last week. God is much more concerned with your character than he is with your comfort. He's much more concerned making you like him than he is making you more comfortable in your life. I mean, you know, the fact is to pray for God to forgive somebody is often painful. Because they've probably, they, maybe they've caused us legitimate pain. And, and it's not to diminish that whatsoever. We're going to get into this a little bit. And while I was prepping uh, the message, I could, I was just praying through the message and I could hear someone thinking, does that mean that I just have to get over what they did? or what they're doing and just put up with the abuse and be a doormat? I could hear people thinking that. I could hear people thinking that. And I think a lot of that boils down to that we have a misunderstanding and a bad theology around this. And I'm hoping that we're gonna correct this today a little bit. Or maybe do I I go back to the relationship and, and keep allowing the abuse in my life? Let's see if this is biblical. Listen. Let me tell you this. Let me just put you a little at ease. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean what they did wasn't wrong. It doesn't mean that what they did to hurt you was not wrong. Okay? They messed up. They were wrong. Maybe you messed up. Maybe you were wrong. And if we say that what we're... Forgiving what we need to forgive the offense if, if we say that the offense was no big deal. It cheapens forgiveness It cheapens it so it's okay that it was a big deal and that That you don't deny what it is forgiveness isn't denial. Okay? I felt like People would think well if I forgive them then that just negates the offense. No, it doesn't or I guess I have to trust them again. Nope. Or I guess I need to stay in that relationship. Nope. It doesn't mean any of those things. Anybody like good news? I like good news. There's not enough of it lately. Let me tell you something. You don't have to ever trust them again. We are commanded to forgive. We are not commanded to extend trust. Trust especially to those who do not value us enough and continue to abuse us. We do not have to trust these people, okay? Nor do we have to continue in abusive relationships. Forgiveness is what we do. Restoring the relationship is what they have to do. The onus is on them. Yesterday, as I was studying some more, I thought through this And I have several friends who are therapists, which I've told you about, which God knew I would need that, so he made them my friends, okay? So I called one of them, and I said, listen, I'm really wrestling with this theologically. I want to talk to you and get your expertise back, and I'll come at the theological side. You come at the psychological and the scientific side, and let's see how we can reconcile this uh, theologically, Uh, reconcile this idea uh, theologically. And I think it's important that we wrestle with this And so I I tend to overthink and overcomplicate. And so I have to distill things down into nuggets or bite-sized chunks, if you will, so that I can hang on to them, okay, so that I don't forget them and that I can sort of burn them into my memory. And so after my discussion with him, here's where we landed on this. And here's where I, I really felt like I think it's safe to say what I'm about to say. As believers, when it comes to forgiveness in abuse, we tend to conflate the ideas of persecution for our faith and abuse, okay? Conflate meaning we connect two things that do not belong together. They are not synonymous. So let me tell you this, theologically speaking, abuse and persecution for your faith are not the same. Thing. Abuse, okay, is not the same as persecution for your faith. If you're in a, a, an abusive relationship, it could be a friend, it could be a parent, it could be a sibling, it could could be a significant other, it could be a spouse. It's not always just marriages that are toxic. I see more toxic friendships than anything else. Did you know your friendships are so important to your life that your income is the average of your five closest friends? Some of you are like, wait a minute, I need some richer friends. (laughs) Is there a doctor in the house? (laughs) Listen, the Lord receives glory when we are persecuted for our faith, right? The Lord receives glory for that. The Lord does not receive glory when you are abused and for you to continue to allow yourself to be abused. I'm gonna say something to you that sounds mean, but it's not. It's true. First time I heard it, I got mad and I did not like it until the, the, the Holy Spirit helped it settle in my heart, okay? We deserve what we tolerate. I don't say that arrogantly, please understand me. But we deserve what we tolerate. Let me show you a passage. Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is what? Equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, everything the Old Testament tried to teach us was those two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, okay? Let me ask you a question. What did did this say in verse 39? Here it says what? Love your neighbor as what? Yourself, okay. So, let me ask you this. If we're to love others as ourselves, what does it say when we allow ourselves to be abused? You follow me? We cannot love others well if we allow ourselves to be abused, because we love others as ourselves. Are we saying that we are fine with others being abused? You know, you can take some abuse, but you, you don't want it to be somebody close to you. right? What's the bad guy in the movie always do when he gets the wife and the husband? He puts the gun to the wife's head because he knows he's going to fight for her, most of them. Just kidding. But seriously, if we are to love others as we love ourselves, yet we allow ourselves to be battered and abused and in toxic relationships, what does it say about how we're able to love others? We can't. If we would never let that happen to somebody else, how dare we let it happen to us? How can we do that? Perhaps. Most of us refuse to leave toxic, unhealthy situations because we don't want to deal with the guilt of leaving. I think that's a fair assessment. It's a fair statement. And we feel responsible for the other person. Right? Let's be honest. That's the way it goes typically. We feel responsible for the other person. First of all, you can't change anybody. Only Jesus can do that. Okay? Maybe, perhaps, the forgiveness that you need to extend is you need to forgive yourself for the guilt that you feel in getting yourself out of a toxic relationship. I would never thought about that that way. My therapist friend said he sees that all the time. He says he sees people who wrestle with guilt and struggle because they refuse to forgive themselves for leaving a terrible situation. How I many of you know we are the hardest person to forgive? The hardest person in the world to forgive is ourselves, because we think we know better. We don't cut ourselves enough slack. Put an end to it.